You're listening to the Modern Web Podcast. For more podcasts, videos, and events, find us online at modern-web.org or follow us on Twitter at modern.web. That's M-O-D-E-R-N-D-O-T-W-E-B. This podcast is sponsored by this.labs, a framework agnostic consultancy that specializes in JavaScript. You can find them at this.co slash labs. That's T-H-I-S-D-O-T dot C-O slash labs. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Modern Web Podcast. Excited to be here today and talking to some amazing people. I'm here with my co-host, Rob O'Sell, who is uh, an engineer as well at this.labs. Hey, Rob. <laughs> so you can follow Rob on Twitter at Rob O'Sell. That's Rob O-C-E-L-L. And then we have our guest here today, which is Dominic Ferrellino. Thank you for joining us, Dominic. Thank you for having me. Yes, and Dominic is a WhatWig standards editor, a Chrome committer, also a student and software engineer. And I feel like you've been uh, basically interning at all the different amazing companies as of late. So it's been really cool to see you jump around. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, it's, it's been really cool. I, I was at Mozilla um, last summer working on Firefox graphics, uh, specifically off main thread painting. Uh, I was at Microsoft this past summer, and I'm going to be at Google in Japan uh, this coming summer. So, yeah. Nice. Well, totally coming to visit you to eat yummy foods. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> All right. So, um, and you can follow Dominic on Twitter at, it's it's Dom Farolino, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. There we go. Awesome. Well, um, so let's go ahead and get started. So Dominic and I actually met uh, at the last, um, what was it? It was, uh, it was browser contributor days. And so it was really fun to, um, again, get your perspective. We gathered around all the different browser vendors, and you were one of the non-biased people in the room, <laughs> I guess you can say. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I think maybe for, first and foremost, so you know, you've been successful in getting involved in <clears throat> contributing to different standards. And I know a lot of people sort of look at these things. And I remember when even when, you know, when I first started development, you know, it's like, okay, who do all the people that I look up to look up to? And so you'd see these standard bodies where people are like, whoa, like, I want to be a part of Wattwig or W3C or TC39. Like, this is my dream. And so, you know, uh, you've been successful in actually making that a reality. So can you tell us a little bit about just kind of how and what and why? Yeah, sure. I think the the why probably starts with um, just a general care of the platform. I thought it was it was really cool that we kind of had this you know web platform that we could all develop on, but also you know easily contribute to. That was really really interesting to me. Um, and so I, I was at the time more more interested in frameworks and 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 you know web app development itself. Uh, and I saw that you know new features and stuff would come to Angular and, and things would be changing. Um, and then at the same time, I, I heard, you know, other people talking about how, you know, the platform's changing and we're getting these new features. And I was like, well, that seems kind of interesting because uh, I wasn't exactly sure who was in charge of that. So I, I was looking into that a little bit more. Uh, I, I, of course, came across TC39 and, and the W3C and the What Working Group and all the different bodies. Uh, and I started kind of looking at some of the standards and I just emailed one of the, the owners of the organization, one of the lead editors. And I was like, hey, you know, what is this stuff and how do I get involved? And it's kind of cool, and and uh, and he was like, yeah, sure, you know, here's here's a, some good resources. Check out some of the issues on the standards, um, and then from there, I kind of just kept contributing to standards, um, and I thought it was really cool, sort of fostering interoperability 
on the web and, and moving some things along. Um, but then, it, then I started looking at the browser's implementations of the features. I was getting more interested in, in the, the fetch API and like the request object and, and different things that are exposed uh, to the platform. I was reading the spec and I was kind of at the same time, you know, another tab basically reading the Chrome <clears throat> implementation of it and seeing like how, how exactly one-to-one -one is it with the spec? You know, the spec says this, how is this looking the implementation? And uh, I was doing that, and the first time I, I was doing it, I saw a little a bug. There was a discrepancy between the spec and what one of the comments in Chrome was was doing. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. So I'm gonna see if I can download, uh, you know, Chrome, set it all up, and see if I can fix it. Um, we have a really good uh, test suite called Web Platform Test that we can test that we use to test the platform to see if you know normative changes have been made. And so when I changed the C++ implementation to match what I believe the spec should be. I saw that you know a test lit up and, and kind of started passing. I was like, oh, cool. So I submitted uh, you know uh, a change um, request to, to Chrome, and I saw that most of the people in charge of that area uh, were in in Tokyo working on Fetch and some of the networking stuff in Chrome. So those are the people I originally started looking up to when it comes to the actual implementation work. Uh, all these awesome engineers in Tokyo that I got to work more and more closely with by just contributing code, and then also the standards people at the same time, like uh, Anna Van Kesteren from Mozilla and Dominic Danicola who helped me get started with, with some of the specs up. Awesome, so how, I mean, how long did that process take? So you're saying from just sort of being interested and kind of peeking at stuff to, you know, kind of contributing and, and putting stuff into downloading the source code. I mean, this sounds like a gateway drug, these standards. Like how long was this process, did this process take for you? Yeah, so I started, uh, I, I was, I guess I cracked open my first web standard probably in maybe November or October of 2017, I think. Uh, and at that time, I yeah, school was obviously really busy. So I was reading and, and contributing to the console a bit, the console standard. Um, and I was interested in contributing, but you know things got, got super busy with school and everything. And then I, I picked it back up uh, in late November and I was able to submit my first uh, pull, first change request to Chrome uh, in December, late December of 2017, and I was a uh, editor of the console standard by March uh, because I'd been contributing a lot to it, and not many people were active, so I was I was kind of promoted, if you will. That's great. And so, how did you? I mean, we kind of talked touched on this a little bit, but how did you arrive at sort of contributing to uh, sort of the the what working group? You know, we mentioned Tracy mentioned TC39. She mentioned W3C, and even amongst those, there's several different working groups or task forces underneath those. Right, so right. Kind of, how did you land where you landed? Is it just the thing that you're most interested in, or is it was it just sort of coincidence? Just the people you talked to sort of pushed you that way. Right. So yeah, that's a good question. I'd say the first thing I probably landed across because uh, I was like I said, I was more interested in, in sort of frameworks and app dev at the time. Um, so I came across the TC39 because JavaScript was getting new features, and I was interested in that. Uh, if you take one look at the ECMAScript spec, it'll probably make you close the tab and, and go to something else, <laughs> um, especially if you don't know really what you're doing or, or anything. So I looked at that, and I was like, whoa, OK, that's, that's out of my league. Uh, so I, I mean, it was interesting, and it was really cool, but it was definitely, it was definitely really, really complicated. Um, and so I was like, OK, and I, I kind of dug around and, and saw that some of the other contributors to it are also contributing to web standards, which was equally interesting to me. Uh, web APIs that were kind of being pushed about. Um, and yeah, so from, from there, I, I mean, I, I saw the HTML standard, the fetch standard, and um, I, I was looking at into a little bit more what the difference was between the W3C and the web working group, because I think the difference, you know, the separation is kind of nuanced. <clears throat> and so it happened to be that the person I, I saw the most in this 
area was Dominic Danicola, and uh, he happened to be the owner of the What Working Group, seemingly more involved, at least on the outside, in the What Working Group. And so I was just like, this seems to be where the cool kids are landing. So how, what's it like? <laughs> so that's probably probably how it started, yeah. Cool. So as far as the What Working Group, you know, you're getting involved with that. And, you know, for people that maybe don't know, I mean, I know each of these standards bodies is obviously structured a little bit differently. They're staffed a little bit differently or funded a little bit differently. Sure. But maybe we could just go into kind of what the What Working Group looks like a little bit. Kind of, you know, how is it structured? Like who contributes to it? And like, do you guys meet in person or is it all through GitHub? Kind of, you know, can you explain right. the process of how What works? <clears throat> sure. Yeah. Um, I found it to be a really cool process uh, and different than a lot of the other a lot of the other groups. It's entirely open, you know, like essentially completely decentralized. Uh, we use IRC as our as our main form of chat. It's not uh, primarily a meetings group, so there are no official what working group like you know in person meetings or even hangout meetings and stuff like that. Uh, it is basically entirely done over over GitHub and IRC and email. Um, it, it, like you said, yeah, it's it staffed very differently. The W3C is very organized and, and to some extent, you know, proprietary and owned a little bit more. Um, it is like a, a real organization. They've got like things and all that, all that kind of stuff. And there's people that work for them and, and people that have, you know, at W3C email addresses. And for the What Working Group, it's basically, uh, you know, I, I remember I had asked uh, one of the owners on Get, on uh, IRC, you know, who's who's funding this? Because it seems very open. Like, it's just like anybody can join if they're active enough. And, and uh, he was like, yeah, basically just one of us just, Fronts the money for a year, and then someone else does the next year. It's very, very unofficial and and uh, and really interesting um, how it works. It's like I said, it's it's very unofficial. It's kind of just like kids meeting in the back of the room almost to work on on standards while the main class, the W three C, almost is going on. Um, so it's it's a lot sort of it's disjointed and very unorganized. And as a result, I think very fast moving um, and and sharp. Uh, and and there's there's not as much I guess red tape or, or politics going involved. In fact, in just the past. A uh, year that what working group um, was able to get like official agreements with Microsoft because they had counsel that was sort of doctoring them through this stuff, uh, which is a big step forward. I had a quick question. So for um, so if you had to compare, I guess uh, those two groups versus TC thirty nine, and you know we talk about one having more red tape than the other, um, or one being you know less, I would say. Uh, I don't know about organized, but red tapey. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Where would you put TC39? Would you put TC39 on like the more red tape portion of the spectrum? Um, I so I don't I don't know too much about. It. I, I think it's probably comparable, and I think uh, it, an answer for me that would probably be potentially naive, and I don't know too much about about it, would be. Probably TC39 at the top, just because you know to to contribute to W3C, right? Or sorry, the What Working Group. It's completely open. You can just do it however you want. Uh, the W3C, there's sort of like memberships, and you can be involved in the company. It's sort of pay to play almost idea. Uh, but it's the TC39. It's basically you can't even enjoy like join the meetings in person unless like a company is sponsoring you. And if a, a third party company sponsors you, that's not like already paying the TC39 as a company with a vested interest. Uh, if they sponsor you too many times, then you can't go because then it's like you're kind of going for free almost with with not being a part of the actual group. So it's there seems to be a little bit more of a organization overhead, and and like I said, the red tape with how it's actually attended the meetings is actually a little bit more difficult. It's almost like a, a private group kind of. Um, I think they're trying to open that up a little bit more. At least a lot of the things are becoming more open. But yeah, I know attendance is like a little bit tricky. Yeah, uh, comparatively. I know Dan Ehrenberg. Um, you know, I'm part of this. Uh, 
unofficial educators outreach thing mm-hmm. with Dan Ehrenberg, where he's really trying to bring in more external voices to TC39 or, you know, what haven't people thought about, like sort right. of going back on, okay, well, you know, we released uh, this SPAC and, uh, you know, okay, this hot mess happened and how do we not make that happen again? And why did it happen? And where, you know, where do we go wrong so that they don't do it again, especially proposals that they're, um, they're thinking about releasing. That makes sense. That's definitely pretty common because a lot of those, you know, problems or hot messes that happen seem to start at the meetings that are almost kind of locked down. So when, by the time they are public and everyone's talking about them, it seems like a lot of people that aren't super familiar or updated with the process are already behind and it's harder to, kind of catch up and get involved. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just the whole like, okay, everyone use const. Okay, everyone mm. use let. Okay, and you know, I don't think that they thought it would be such a such a such a big like, you know, traumatizing not traumatizing, right. but like thing for the you know, it's it's an it's an it's an it's a thing for the JavaScript community. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, certainly. Um, what about for um, uh, you know, for uh. So wh- when I look at uh, the different browsers and you know the different standards and things like that, as a JavaScript developer and as other JavaScript developers, I think wonder um, as you know as they want to participate in these things, it seems like you're not actually writing much JavaScript though, right? Like, is that the case? Yeah, yeah. So um, <clears throat> yes, it is very much the case. Uh, it, it's kind of mixed. So so every change that happens to a web standard that is not editorial in nature, you know, not just a, a mixing up of words that doesn't actually affect an implementation's you know, conformance, uh, has to be backed by a web platform test um, for it to be merged into the standard, generally speaking. Web platform tests, it's actually an organization on GitHub, and they have a, a repository called WPT, and there's a bunch of, of tests written in there, mostly JavaScript and HTML, because we're testing you know, APIs, which are typically exposed through JavaScript. But yeah, the actual standards writing is basically just just text, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it's, we write it in uh, something called bike shed, which is basically HTML with some sprinkled in decoratives or directives uh, that can kind of help us with cross-linking and things like that. So it's largely an English. Rob and I both love that name, by the way, bike shed, just. Bike shed. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's largely text uh, and, you know, kind of manipulating the surrounding abstract infrastructure that is the standards. Uh, and that's why I think it's, it's pretty difficult because you jump in and, and every definition links to five other definitions, and every five definitions that just keeps linking on and on, and it's just this very large abstract, you know, block of and body of text. Um, but yeah, the actual writing of the standards is very little uh, JavaScript, and then to back that up with tests, typically you write the test alongside that, or someone else will. Great, and so you know, with organizations like the the What Working Group, and then you have the browser vendors, right? And so you kind of have like the dog wagging the tail, the tag wa- tail wagging the dog. Explain a little bit about the relationship between those those two groups. I mean, particularly in the case of what, you know, does some, to, for something to get through what and to be approved or finalized in the standard, does it have to have browser buy-in? Does it have to have implementation already? Or, right. or, or does one side push the other? Kind of explain how that relationship works. Yeah, yeah, certainly. If, so assuming we're going to change something in the platform, uh, for example, like an addition or a modification of an API, removals are a little trickier because basically anything you remove can break anyone <laughs> that, that uses it. Uh, so that, that requires a lot more metrics and, and uh, analytics and things. But yeah, additions, modifications, things like that. Uh, I've spec'd new APIs and implemented them myself. And, and generally, the process that we follow is actually, it's all available on the What Working Group's website, uh, whatwg.org. Um, but yeah, it's so 
for something to make it into the spec, like I said, it's got to be backed up by tests. And at least two of the four that we consider main browser uh, vendors have to kind of basically say, yeah, we're going to implement this if you, if you standardize it. So the four that we that we consider accounting right now is, is Chrome, Edge, uh, Safari, and Firefox. And so yeah, we have we require two implementers interested in the feature, uh, tests backed up by it, and making sure that it's obviously rigorous and, and hardened. Um, and we're we're starting to look at uh, other implementers, or or I guess flexing the definition of what an implementer is or an interested implementer. Right now, it's just browsers, and it's just those four. Um, but there are some like like cloud flares. I think they have like workers, like some sort of thing on the web that, that kind of implements and adheres to the fetch standard, though they're not a browser vendor. And I think they, at one point, they kind of wanted to make some changes to their implementation and was like, well, you know, we're kind of using the spec. So would we count as someone, a party that could carry weight as far as an opinion goes? Uh, and I think there's some conversation about that and, and getting sort of other vendors involved. But yeah, typically uh, two vendors to implement it and that generally speaking gets the other two on board, open, open up bugs and get approval and uh, merge it in. Awesome. So is there anything that uh, standards either that you're working on or that you're keeping an eye on? It doesn't even have to be necessarily in what, but that you're interested in. Because I know like for me personally, we did a podcast on this a little while ago, but the Houdini task force stuff that they're doing with the low level APIs and just allowing the user land, like developers to really play with the the yeah. guts of the browser and then and then add the best of that back into the platform. Like to me, that kind of stuff is super exciting. But is there yeah. anything else that you're looking at that that kind of like you're just you're watching, you know, just waiting for it to get approved? Sure. Um let's see. Uh I so streams and dynamic imports are really interesting. Dynamic import is is already been spec, but it's not uh to my knowledge available in Firefox yet. Or I think I think Safari might have an implementation, but Chrome's is, is the only mostly solid implementation that I, I, I think uh, that I know about. So I'm really waiting for that to kind of hit more of a mainstream thing. We've static imports have been standardized in, in TC39, of course, but dynamic is really interesting. And I think, you know, this is kind of always this this idea that uh, platform, you know, APIs and plugins are kind of moving ahead and, and solving the problems that developers are needing. And then the platform catches up and they're like, yeah, these are really cool things. We'll integrate this into the platform. And I think dynamic imports is, is one of those things. And so I, I just am really waiting to see that become more mainstream in browsers in general. Uh, streams as well, uh, it's has a, an implementation that's, I believe, nearly finished in Firefox. It is finished in Chrome, and I think that's all that's that, that has been working on it so far. Streams are, are super cool, though. I mean, I think Jake Archibald has a bunch of talks and demos about you know basically requesting a large body of text and kind of having the text stream into an HTML element instead of running it all at once. I think those are powerful, uh, albeit less pretty, primitives than the Houdini. Um, other than that, what, some of the stuff that I'm working on currently, uh, I'm doing some refactoring of the HTML standard, but also, um, so I, I assume you're familiar with like responsive images, like. Uh, um, like, you know, like the source set and sizes, attributes on image and, and things like that. So right now there's no, not really a good way to preload those images. So I'm standardizing uh, the image sizes and the image source set attribute on the link element and uh, working with the implementer in that in Chrome. So we have a spec change up right now. We just requested the technical architecture group, the W3C tag review for that. Um, so that'll be nice to, to kind of give developers a little bit more powerful, more power of what they're preloading for their responsive images. But other than that, um, I'll, I'll be able to answer that question better once school's out. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. So, you know, I know that there's people out there that, you know, 
I think that they're interested in these groups for sure and they want to get involved. And I think yeah. like sometimes the gateway for some people getting involved in this is, you know, for example, like a lot of people using RxJS, right? And all of a sudden they hear that there's an observable proposal, uh, both I think in, in the What Working Group and in TC39, there's the pipeline operator and people get super excited about this stuff right. and like they want to they wanna see it, right? They want it now and they'd love to help, but then they open up one of those standards documents and they're like, I'm not a technical writer. And to be honest, I don't even know that I can understand this. So for people like that, how can they show their enthusiasm? How can they contribute in a positive way? Like what is the way that they can make some of these standards that they're really excited about a reality? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so to, to, to catch up with the first point, yes, people are definitely excited about this. I, I had just spoken at Cascadia JS about web standards and a surprising number of people were like, wow, I never knew it was this open and you know, I really want to get involved. And I was like, seriously, like most people, most of my friends think, think it's you know, ridiculous or whatever. But uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of people that, that are excited about it and interested in it. And when it comes to those proposals, they're obviously, you know, just as well as the specs, quite overwhelming. I mean, the, the, text, is, the text is immense and, and really difficult to, to really parse through if you haven't really seen that kind of stuff before. Um, but you know, there's been a lot of times where we've had developer feedback um, and and that has you know been taken into account and actually influenced the overall you know workings of a spec. I'd say, uh, yeah, so if you find like the GitHub issue for you know like the observable uh, proposal or something like that, um, getting what a lot of these proposals generally start with like a, an API sketch and talking about how it would work before we actually go into spec land and really hash it out. Um, and I don't think there's a super concrete proposal for observables yet. So any developers with interest in that, it would be really good to just go out, check out the issue. Uh, there's a GitHub thread for it. And and basically just be like, yeah, OK, I like this API sketch. Or I think this this makes sense, or this doesn't make sense. Or you know, a lot of a lot of these web platform things um, that that we get developer feedback for are kind of the ergonomics of, of an API. How does it? How is it going to feel to use this? If you were to integrate this in a framework that you're using today, what is it going to feel like? Do you, do you like this API? Is it good? And a lot of the spec people, uh, you know, could really could really use that feedback because a lot of the, the standards guys are are not generally writing web apps themselves. They're usually working on the standards, so it's always good to kind of get developer relations sort of feedback. Uh, so any any contributions on that front would probably be the best way to to help them move forward. Well, you know, one thing is um, how do these standards bodies or how, what have you seen? I, I've I've seen it uh, where, you know, it's like, oh, hey, we're going to implement this in this standards body. And then the other standards body is like, well, but, you know, there was another proposal that was very similar. And the fact that you're trying to implement it here is kind of like not cool. Like, how do you deal with all of that? Or is there a lot of that in um, WhatWig and W3C? Or is that more more in more formal things like TC39? <laughs> I, I think uh, <clears throat> that's a pretty good question. I don't have too much experience with that in general. I think a lot of the debate around that kind of stuff happens with like platform primitives. Like, you know, our promise is going to be part of TC39 or is it a web platform thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. TC39, but streams, why are streams a web API and not, and not in the in the spec? And same with observables, that could probably just as well make it in TC39 as... as Rob mentioned there's a, of course a TC39 proposal uh, for observables, um, and so it's kind of you know like where where do these things actually end up? And for the primitives, that's that's more of a debate I think. I haven't experienced that too much. I, I'm because like I said, I'm not super involved in the TC39, but it sounds like you've seen that that row go go about a couple times. I did this. I did see this in the observable proposal and yeah. you know, in the Wetwig one, and then in the in the TC39 one. But it's um. 
it's interesting because it's like, you know, the people who are passionate about it, uh, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, you try to implement in one and then if one says no, then you kind of try to implement it in the other. And then if one gets accepted uh, in, you know, let's say what wig, then maybe it's more likely to be accepted in TC39. And so yeah. it, it was, it's very, it was actually very interesting for me as I was getting into um, standards and, and being involved in, in some of these things and, um, how much politics there is around it. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, there is a ton. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, yeah, it's, it's always more enjoyable to stay as, as far on the technical side as you can when working on this stuff, especially when you're like, I don't know, roughly new to it. Like I'm not like, you know, my name doesn't carry a ton of weight. I can't just like influence all these, all these people, uh, so to speak. But yeah, it's, there's a ton of politics involved and it's kind of like one of those, you know, it's got accepted by this body. So now it's kind of like, everyone's like, yeah, we'll, we'll take it on actually. And it's like, you know, everybody's a little bit more interested in it once once one person improves. Um, I well, that's one thing I do. I definitely want to look into more is probably the observable proposal. I've seen the GitHub issue, um, but I like I said, I don't think there's a super concrete proposal, and I'd like to understand a little bit more about some of the banterings between. Like, yeah, I mean like it's that. it's uh, the what would observable proposal? I mean, I guess it's I you know I actually be curious on how to make it more concrete. Because I know it's sitting there as an issue. There's a ton of comments about yeah, it. It's like a hundred comments. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's just, it's just adds like you know the on method, right? It's nothing that crazy, and it'll come with a few different operators. So that would be so cool. And if you could help us do that, you know, yeah, the hero arcs. I'll check. I'll check it out over winter break because uh, I was talking to Ben a little bit about how you know some of the actual you know laying the foundation for the spec work hasn't been done yet and i would definitely love to get get moving that get moving oh forward God, with that i would love you forever <laughs> we'll buy you a cake oh well then that's <laughs> definitely gonna happen then. <laughs> ways to influence dominic yeah you know i think another thing that's been interesting to me about um you know the standards and kind of like how they move is it's it's kind of like what's the squeaky wheel who's talking about it um, you know, who's causing the most amount of whatever. And that can be like a negative thing or a positive thing, but regardless of whether it's negative or positive, it still gets attention. And yeah. I guess that's how our world works. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. And, and it's nice to see some of the, you know, the framework uh, authors be, you know, be some of the squeaky wheels in that sense. Um, I know we had the primitive, uh, sorry, the, the API Q micro task was starting to be standardized and tested because of some people on the Angular team were like, yeah, we can really use this. And like that, it was in the spec. I mean, it was it was pretty quick. Um, there was some some pushback and stuff, but yeah, it, it made it through no problem. And so it's nice to see that, you know, the platform's at least adapting to some of the ergonomics that the framework authors have sort of let developers get used to and things like that. But yeah, it's definitely squeaky wheel gets the grease and yeah, for sure. So playing off of that, because it sounds like it sounds like it's a group, the the what working group actually moves quite quickly. But I know when people think about standards, it's actually they more often think about slowness, you know, like especially like ECMAScript, right? You can go ten years, six years between versions of the of the of the spec, and right. I, I know sometimes people just wait and wait and wait for things, and then even after they're spec, they wait for implementation. So, um, do you think that the What Working Group has been a good example of how to accelerate that process, or do you have any opinions or any thoughts that you come up with as to, you know, how that process could be sped up, or how people might be able to help that process speed up? Yeah, um, so that's what's nice about the what working group. It's probably you know the biggest uh, bottleneck I've seen has. I mean, there's obviously red tape and, and going to be you know, some slow moving things everywhere. And yeah, standards are are historically slow moving uh, in in general. But yeah, 
the biggest bottleneck that I've seen in the What Working Group is just basically finding the bodies to throw out a new project and, and to actually get the work done. Uh, a lot, like I said, a lot of it's open source. A lot of people are just contributing out of free time. Some of the core owners of the group work at, at some of the major browser, browser vendors and are responsible for specking some of the stuff. But yeah, like with observables, this is like a really cool primitive that can make it into the platform. And probably, you know, one of the main reasons it's not moving forward right now is just because, you know, a lot of people are backed up and they'll get to it when they get to it kind of thing, uh, well, which yeah. is why. It's a champion situation, right? Like in TC39, for example, um, Joffer, who was championing it before through Netflix, um, that's kind of why, you know, all the ArxJS stuff, ArxJS 5 and up stuff started. But, um, you know, sometimes it's not because it's not interesting to people. Like right. for us, the biggest thing has been, okay, number one, um, you know, cr cr Chrome folks, for example, right? Like uh, Dominic and Nicole and those folks did not have enough context about why this was important to the language. Yeah, that's also pretty important, yeah, for sure. So it's like you have to spend time educating people on why it's important. And then you also have to have like a consistent champion. And if those people, you know, leave jobs or anything like that, or priorities within a business changes, like right, you know, right. Netflix, um, you know, made some changes to what they were focusing on from an open source perspective, then all of a sudden something that is actually important that would be actually be very useful to the language, you know, yeah. nobody's, nobody's talking about it anymore. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, it's yeah, it's really hard to, to find the time. I was actually just looking at the HTML standard the other day. If you look at the contributors, um, the top three people are, are uh, Ian Hickson, the people that have had the most uh, commits. Ian Hickson, who works at Google, used to used to be the basically uh, like author, editor, and owner of all the What Working Group stuff, um, has a, like, 8,000 something commits to it. There's 10,000 roughly on the on the, on the the standard. Dominic Nicole has, I think like 300 something, or maybe that's Anna Van Kesteren and, and Dominic Nicole has 300 or something. It's it's below a thousand. And then below that, it's just like a big de decline. And so most of the work being done on that kind of front is just by like a handful of people. So it's like, you know, if you can catch one of these people when, they, when they're really interested in something or their work is prioritizing it accordingly, that's when it's primarily going to get done. And that's why I'm just trying to contribute as much as I can, because it's it's super interesting, but there's a lot of work to be done. So any hands help. I think it's also really amazing that you're helping contribute to, you know, open source in general, right? Like these, it's, you know, it's it's not very often that we have time in our lives to, you know, to do amazing things. And, you know, the fact that, you know, you have the opportunity right now and you can start contributing and helping to these things and, and sort of, you know, making an impact in the world, right? Like that's that's a really cool thing that we're able to do. And I love that, you know, everything is open and the only thing that's holding you back is just like starting. Yeah, it's it's really true. The biggest, the biggest you know, bottleneck, I guess, would be would be yourself, uh, <laughs> unfortunately. But yeah, no, it's it's really, it's really cool. I mean, it's all open and it's really addicting. I guess, as Rob mentioned, it's it's very much a gateway drug into getting involved. It's it's super cool. And once you get involved, I mean, like I said, I, I have a really hard time stopping myself. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's awesome, but the hardest thing is is probably starting, and that requires just yeah grinding through a lot of the a lot of the spec work and just kind of understanding what's going on. But that's why that's why I'm trying to make myself in general, I guess, as as accessible as possible. Uh, you know, when I when I emailed Dominic about getting involved and stuff, I was like, wow, that was like really easy. He kind of pointed me what to do. I mean, ultimately, I had to read this stuff and do the work, but like it was pretty nice, which is really inspiring for me to go out and give a talk about it and and throw my email address out and be like, hey, contact us you know, IRC, email me if you have questions about getting involved and I'll do, do whatever I can to, to start the process. Cool. Um, you know, one of the last questions I had and just something I was thinking about when I was thinking about this standards process and kind of how more people could get involved, especially people like, I, I know people that they don't, 
they're not standards minded or they might not have anything to add. Maybe they do have something to add, but they just feel like they don't. And they feel like they see these big names that they've seen at, you know, Google IO or, you know, you know, all the different vendors uh, conferences. And they're like, who am I to even suggest something to these people? Sure. But like, besides that, and besides getting involved and just sort of mixing with that, I was curious if you thought that there was anything to be done on the side of making it easier to see what the groups are working on. I mean, obviously everything's out in the open, but sometimes it can actually be really difficult to navigate the list of open issues or to see what specs are are hot and active versus which right. ones have been sort of sitting around for a few months. Do you think that there's room there or do you have any ideas on ways that people could contribute to kind of help uh, organize or advertise some of the things that are being worked on to kind of solicit more people to get involved? I definitely, yeah, I do think there's work there um, because, you know, a lot of the efforts dedicated to that kind of stuff right now is, is basically around, you know, working on, on the stuff. But as a result, unless you're also working on that stuff or very, very closely following it, you don't know what is hot, like you said, and what's, and what's moving forward. I, I don't have any great ideas on how, how to, to handle that, but I think what could be done is some sort of almost maybe like priorities or recent active kind of thing dashboard where we could just see like, you know, this, this proposal, this, this pull request is really getting a lot of attention these days. So these issues are really really moving forward uh, and these issues are kind of falling behind and and just to see kind of what is being contributed to a lot. I imagine that would be a relatively simple thing to build and I'm sure the wall working group would be open to it uh, and it would be very helpful. That's a that's a really good point though because I think a lot of people could benefit from just because especially when it comes to providing feedback to the platform, a lot of times you don't know what to provide feedback to or what you want to talk about. But if you see a lot of people are talking about this and you're like, yeah, maybe my voice can be heard in this particular realm, some sort of, of you know, thing that, uh, yeah, almost like a, you know, like we're trying to get this done this quarter kind of thing would be, would be, you know, relatively helpful. Uh, I don't know how something like that would be implemented, but I'm absolutely open to hearing other people's ideas on it or, or anyone to talk about that. Cause I think that'd be really interesting and helpful. Yeah. Cool. Cause like I said, I mean, some of the standards that I've heard the most about are ones that people I know about are championing. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, I know that they might not even be the ones that have the most heat. And so sometimes, you know, when we're talking to people now and they're like, hey, this is, like I said, the Houdini thing was a perfect example of this. I didn't really know that it, it was out there. And all of a sudden right. I found out about it. And I'm like, why is nobody talking about right, this, right? right. There's, yeah. there's more things like that. So I think, you know, it's probably a call to anybody that's listening to this. You know, you don't necessarily have to write the technical script. You might not have to write the implementation. But if you find something and you're interested in it, you know, maybe reach out to the champions, reach out to the editors see if there's any way that you can help get the word out or write a blog post or something just oh, to yeah. kind of help them, um, you know, uh, just sort of get the word out and get more people interested because, yeah. you know, that, that could be maybe super useful to this process as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like Tracy said, I mean, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So the more, the more voices you can get on a certain topic, you know, generally speaking, the more, the more attention it's going to get. I, I'm wondering if uh, maybe, you know, making more liberal use of the what working groups Twitter handle would be you know useful for that I know there's some sort of expository tweets about hey you know we're, this is really a nice ergonomic thing that's happening in the specs so if you're writing specs um, you know you could take advantage of this new sort of thing that we added um, but it would be almost yeah it, it would be kind of cool to be taking more advantage of that and saying like yeah you know we're really working on this proposal let us know what you think here and then just have people follow what working group on Twitter and maybe I, I'm, I'm wondering that could be um, that might be the one of the better ways to help. That's an interesting thought there. Thanks for bringing that up. I'll, I'll definitely be looking into that more. New project. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, well, yes. So you've inspired me to create some sort of um, GitHub bot 
that spams the um, the observable proposal on what we <laughs> Yes, this standard spot on Twitter. Yeah, it's it's funny because the What Working Group has a Twitter account for every standard um, that it has, but it only it only tweets you know on automatically on commits to master uh, when oh. something is merged. However, I think it would be interesting to maybe obviously not you know tweet on every single pull request or something like that but tweet you know on some of the hot ones or have someone kind of have like a little bit more of a manual approach on that would be would be pretty interesting to get the word out of some things so awesome well we're super happy you joined us today it's been yeah. really cool again to see all the cool things you're doing and uh we're definitely getting uh we're planning out our 2019 right now so it'll be really fun to talk to you about you know some of the the new upcoming things that we have going on awesome yeah i'm looking forward to it. thanks again for having me yeah, for sure. So again, you can follow Dominic on Twitter at Dom Ferrolino, and you can follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Osell. And uh, my name is Tracy. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Lady Leet. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Modern One Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by NativeScript. Want to use your web skills to build iOS and Android apps? Try NativeScript. NativeScript is an open source framework for building native mobile apps using technologies you already know, like JavaScript, Angular, or Vue. Learn more at nativescript.org slash modernweb.